Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, January 26th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle flying solo on today's show. I want to start by doing a deep dive on Ohio State's 2022 football schedule. This is like the most intriguing schedule that I can remember in a long time, maybe ever um, during my time watching Ohio State growing up as a big fan during my time on the beat. Uh, This is as interesting of a slate as I can remember. Let's go through it game by game quickly, and then I will tell you what I think is the hardest game on the schedule for Ohio State. Not necessarily the best team they're going to play, but the game that I think will be the hardest. We'll see if you guys agree or disagree, but let's go game by game here. Again, I think it's such an interesting schedule. Starting off with Notre Dame, how about that? You know, during my lifetime, Ohio State's had no problems with Notre Dame, 4-0, and and each game really hasn't been that close, starting with that 1995 game. 45-26 at Terry Glenn play. Eddie George running away. The famous picture of Eddie George running away from every Notre Dame defender. Um, you know, but Notre Dame coming off an 11-2 and season. You know, that'll be a tough game. It's an, at the horseshoe. Listen, I like Ohio State's chances a lot in that game. I think Marcus Freeman, unfortunately for him, fortunately for Ohio State, I think Marcus is going to start his career off 0-2, uh, including that bowl loss uh, to Oklahoma State. So, Starting off the season with Notre Dame, that's just a marquee matchup. That's going to be a lot of fun. The season opener against Notre Dame, and it's, college football is interesting with you know with no preseason. I mean, can you imagine a marquee matchup like that in the NFL in week one with no preseason? So that's, that's going to be a lot of fun, Ohio State versus Notre Dame to kick off the season Saturday, September 3rd. All right, then the next week uh, is by far, in a way, the weakest team Ohio State will play all year. Arkansas State, they're coming off a 2-10 and season. So that's kind of the one where you can pretty much mark down that you're going to be able to get a lot of young guys in the game, and it's going to be a blowout. And you might say the same thing is true for next week against Toledo, which will be Saturday, September 17th at Ohio Stadium. But... The Rockets are good. You know, they're they're a good team. They were seven and six last year, five and three in the MAC. They they returned their quarterback. Now they did lose their really good running back. Uh, he is leaving early for the NFL. So, but still, Toledo will be solid. That's not going to be like Arkansas State, where you can run probably the third team out there and beat them by fifty. I think Ohio State with their starters can beat Toledo maybe by that much. But you know, Toledo is a solid team from the MAC, and I think anybody who's listening to this program knows. Like, if you're a solid team from the Mac like a, you're a, you're a decent division one football team so um, so there you go there's the non-conference slate Notre Dame Arkansas State and Toledo obviously Notre Dame is, is what makes that a very interesting non-conference slate what really puts it over the top for me though as far as the overall schedule is the Big Ten schedule I mean the crossover games are Wisconsin Iowa and Northwestern, and Northwestern wasn't good last year. We'll get to that in a moment, but Northwestern also tends to, this is kind of their pattern lately under Pat Fitzgerald, have a bad year, but then follow up with a good year, bad year, good year. So them coming off a bad year might be, might mean they're, they're headed for a decent year this coming year. But let's talk about Wisconsin in week four, Big Ten opener, Badgers coming to the horseshoe. You know, Badgers had, you know, a 
mediocre season for their standards last year. They were nine and four. They lost to their rival Minnesota. Um, they were able to win their bowl game, so they end on some momentum. Um, a lot of guys coming back, so that'll be a tough game. Uh, Wisconsin coming to the horseshoe. It is interesting that Ohio State opens up with five straight home games. Uh, the fifth and final one there in that stretch will be Rutgers, first day of October, Saturday, October 1st. Rutgers coming to the horseshoe. And again, I don't think that's going to be an easy game. Greg Schiano has that program on the right track. They were only five and eight last year, which is a strange record. I mean, usually you, <laughs> you're not going to play in a bowl game if you have a losing record. They were able to get in because of the cancellations uh, and they had the highest academic rate. So they were able to be the one losing team that were able to, or team with the losing record that was able to play in a bowl game this past year. And they, you know, they, they hung around pretty good against a, a good Wake Forest team. But coming off a five and eight season, that was actually a good season for them. And they're going to be better. They're going to be better than what they were. They gave Ohio State a tough game two years ago at the horseshoe. So I'm not saying it's going to be, you know, it's going to go down to the wire or anything, but that's that's another game that's like not a cakewalk. All right, the following week, October 8th, Buckeyes with their first road game at Michigan State, going up to Spartan Stadium. Ohio State has absolutely ruled Spartan Stadium for this entire century, last last two decades plus. They, I mean, when Michigan State upsets Ohio State, it seems to be it's in Ohio Stadium, you know, 1998. 2015. I'm sorry that I brought those dates up. Trust me. It pains me as well. Trust me. At Michigan State, I, I feel like Ohio State's going to go up there and take care of business. But um, again, not an easy game, obviously, at Michigan State. All right. Then they get their off week. I think that comes at a perfect time. By week, off week, whatever you want to call it. You know, right smack dab in the middle of the season. You play six games. You get the off week. Boom. I like that. So the Saturday, the 15th. Stay out of trouble that weekend, young men. All right, then uh, they come back Saturday, October 22nd, Iowa in the horseshoe. I'm telling you, if you're a season ticket holder, you're loving life. I mean, you get Notre Dame to kick off the year. You get Wisconsin and Iowa as the crossover games. I mean, you get to see, the obviously, the game at the end of November. Oh, and trust me, we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, what a home slate for the Buckeyes. So Iowa coming to the horseshoe. Iowa coming off, you know, what looked like was going to be a great year for them ended up being a pretty good year. No, I'd say it was a, a, a good year for them. I mean, 10 and four is definitely a good year for Iowa, Iowa, but it was looking like it was going to be a great year for them. At one point they were ranked as high as number two in the country. So 10 and four, you know, and I would say the joke is, you know, Iowa goes 10 and four and they give Kirk Ferentz an extension through 2029. Uh, guess what? That's not a joke. They actually did that. They extended his contract through the end of this decade. So, but really, all joking aside, if you win 10 games at Iowa, that's a good season for Iowa. So, you know, and they're bringing a lot of guys back. So we'll see what happens. They're losing their outstanding center, who, by the way, I hope goes to the Cincinnati Bengals, who will be playing in the AFC Championship game this Saturday or this Sunday, in case you guys didn't know. I had to throw that in there. But uh, so Iowa's losing their center, who, you know, won the Remington Award, but they're bringing back a lot of other guys. So Iowa, you know, that's not going to be an easy game. I don't need to tell you that. Another tough game on the slate here. And then the following week, of course, right around Halloween at Penn State, I guarantee you this will be a night game. Every time Ohio State goes there, it's a night game, as you guys know. It'll be whiteout conditions. Penn State looks at Ohio State as their main rival. And while Ohio State doesn't overlook Penn State, they don't reciprocate that. You know, they don't look at Penn State as their main rival. We, we all know that. And I think that helps Penn State when they play Ohio State, that they look at Ohio State as their main rival and um, they'll be ready to go. That, you know, that wide out is you got to give them credit. 
It's arguably the best atmosphere in college football when they're playing Ohio State. If Penn State tried to do the whiteout when they're playing Indiana, it wouldn't be anything like it is when they're playing Ohio State. But when they're playing Ohio State or other you know really big games, like they were getting after it against Auburn this past season, it's a fantastic environment. So that will be a very tough game. I don't even think Penn State's going to be that good. I mean, and if I'm a Penn State fan, I mean, next year's a big year for James Franklin. I mean, I, I know they gave him a long extension. They're not going to fire him. It would have to be something like, you know, he got arrested or something for him to get fired. I mean, they gave him a big-time extension. But they were just 7-6 and six last year. I mean, he's been there a while now. 7-6 and six last year. I think they will be improved. I think they will be better than 7-6. and six. Uh, But the point is, even though I don't think Penn State's going to be that good going to Penn State in those wide-out conditions, that'll be a tough game following week first game of november november 5th at northwestern tiny ryan field there in evanston uh again pat fitzgerald they're coming off a bad year but were they three and nine yeah they were three and nine last year and as buckeye fans know i mean they made the big 10 championship game a two out of three years you know previous to that so mixed in with a bad year i mean the buckeyes faced northwestern twice in the big 10 championship game there in 2018 and 2020 and you know the north uh, i believe northwestern was three and nine in 2019 as well so this is kind of their pattern like i said good year bad year good year bad year will this follow the pattern will northwestern be good i don't know if they'll be good i bet you anything they'll be improved i bet you they won't be a three and nine team again uh going at northwestern another game that's not easy the other team that ohio state's playing from the big 10 coming off a terrible season record wise is indiana they will host the hoosiers on november 12th here's the thing about indiana though they're going to be improved uh two and ten they're bringing in Connor Basilak. Um, they did lose Penix, but Penix couldn't stay healthy anyway. They're bringing in Connor Basilak, young man from Kettering Alter, um, who Buckeyes kind of took a look at um, in the recruiting process, never offered. He ended up going to Missouri and has started a lot of football. You know, it's played a lot of football down there at Missouri, and he is transferring. He'll be a fourth-year junior, but because of the COVID year, he'll actually have three years of eligibility left. So I think Connor Basilak was a good get for the Hoosiers. Again, I think Ohio State will, will take care of business that game, but again, I don't think that's going to be necessarily an easy game. I mean, some of these games will end up being blowouts that I'm saying won't be an easy game. Ohio State will blow out some of these teams. I have no doubt about that. But again, Indiana, when you look at their record 2-10, and 10, losing Penix, they'll think, oh, mate, they're going to be terrible again. I don't know. You know, I, I think Indiana's going to bounce back and at least be decent next year. All right, the following week, second to last game here at Maryland. Maryland coming off a decent year, seven and six, and they bring the younger tongue of Iowa back. And uh, man, he looked really good in their bowl game. Uh, he was hot and cold this year, but when he's hot, he looks really, really good. And he's going to be better next year. This will be his third year as a starter. Maryland, you know, Mike Loxley, I think, is not a good coach at all, but uh, they do have talent. There's no doubt about it. Rakim Jarrett is, uh, you know, one of the better uh, wide receivers, not only in the Big Ten, but in the country. Uh, at least he will be next year, in my opinion. So Maryland at Maryland, final road game of the year. That's no joke of a game. Although, since Ryan Day's been at Ohio State, they've just toyed with Maryland. So we'll see what happens. And then, of course, that team up north coming to Columbus for the first time in four years, which is weird to say. Saturday, November 26th, Michigan coming off a 12-2 and season. I, I, I just, you know, as you guys all know, if you're an Ohio State fan, I'm sure you're just frothing at the mouth. You can't wait for that game. Trust me, that's how the coaches and players feel, too. I don't think the, the players really hated Michigan. They, they might have said they hated Michigan. 
and, and this and that. But until they went up there and got beat, and and, and you know, the Wolverines are barking at them in the tunnel and everything. I think that woke up Ohio State to say the least. The Buckeyes are going to have the more talented roster. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen with Jim Harbaugh yet. I hope he stays. He needs to come to Columbus and get what's coming to him. Uh, I cannot wait for that game. Michigan has uh, a little payback coming their way. All right, so there's your deep dive on the schedule. Now, let's conclude it with this. I might have given it away a little bit. Which game am I concerned about the most at Penn State? Again, I, I would rank Penn State maybe the – I don't know if you go through, maybe the fourth best team Ohio State's going to play this year. Um, I do think Penn State will be better than what they were this previous season, but still they, they won't be world beaters. It's because of that atmosphere. I've seen too many Ohio State teams go over there that I were clearly better, and just that atmosphere just got to them. And some of those games they've been able to pull out, there's no doubt about it, they've been able to pull out some thrillers, including 2014, you know, including the, uh, what was it, the, uh, the Ben Victor game in uh, 2018. I call it the Ben Victor game because I still can't believe he did that. Not known as a, as a yard after catch guy, and Ben Victor took that ball, which was actually poorly thrown by Dwayne Haskins behind him and made like, you know, five different Penn State guys miss and really got Ohio State back in the game, and they came all the way back and won that game. My point is, even when, you know, Ohio State looks like they, they should take care of business and even games they pull out over there, it's tough. It's usually tough, and sometimes they'll get upset over there uh, like they did in 2016. So I think that's the game that concerns me the most just because of the atmosphere. Let me know what you guys think in the comment section um, on Bucknuts or Apple Podcasts or YouTube or Spotify. Well, Spotify doesn't have a, a comment section. They really should. I don't know why they don't, but uh, anyway. If you're listening on one of the other platforms, let me know what you think about that. And also, if you like the show, like, subscribe, give us a nice rating. All of that stuff helps. Really appreciate that. All right, real quick. We are one week away from signing day, switching gears here from Ohio State's schedule. I think it's going to be uneventful. Omari Abor is the name to watch there. He's committed to Ohio State. Um, people have asked, nothing to worry about here, right? I, I would say pretty much nothing to worry about, um, but, but you never know in recruiting. I, I would say uh, probably nothing to worry about. I've been told Omari Abor, in addition to being very talented, very unpredictable young man, but all indications are he will stay with his commitment and sign with the Buckeyes. That's great news. The four-star defensive end, Omari Abor uh, from Texas. Sounds like he will sign with the Buckeyes a week from today. And then, of course, Carson Hinsman is going to be the other one that signs with Ohio State, the offensive lineman from Wisconsin. Both those four-star young men um, will give Ohio State a total of 21 players in this class. It's the number four class in the country. You might be wondering, well, what about Kristen Miller, big defensive lineman? Uh, yeah, I, but everybody I trust is telling me, and if you follow recruiting closely, you already know this, but everybody I, tr I trust is telling me Georgia. That, you know, he likes Ohio State, Kristen Miller does, but he's going to pick Georgia, it sounds like. So hopefully, you know, there's a surprise. That does not sound like there's going to be a surprise on signing day. If you're hoping, will there be a last-minute surprise? I'll be shocked from what I've been told by people I trust. I am not uh, expecting any surprises but maybe we'll be surprised and there will be a surprise we shall see well thank you for joining me on this edition of the Bucknuts morning five i am dave biddle i appreciate all of you guys stopping by hope everyone has a great day let's try the buckeye swag best damn band in the land mm -hmm.